Well, hello there, fellow dabblers. I'm Renee. And I'm Caitlin. And this is Let's, Let's Dabble. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was singing and then I choked on my water. Um, hi, guys. So if you're new here, in this podcast, we basically deep dive into my search history. As a writer, it's full of many mysterious things. Some things like misspelled <laughs> words. I actually Google a surprising amount of, of spelling questions. Um, <laughs> and and then gross medical ones like how much you have to bleed out before you're dead. You know, stuff oh, like that. Good. The, the good. The good stuff that the we don't stuff. focus on for a full episode. <laughs> um, the topic today, though, I think Kaylin's going to like. Yes. Yes. It is the man in the iron mask. Yes. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't think so. I, f I feel like there are times where I thought I had seen it, and I think I was thinking of a different movie every time we talked about it. Every time. Yeah, because when we <laughs> talked about doing this episode, I was like, wait, who's in it? Who's oh, in yeah, maybe I haven't seen that movie. Maybe I lied. I don't know maybe what I've I seen. Lied. <laughs> Never mind. Well, for those who are unfamiliar, the Man in the Iron Mask, um, in terms of pop culture, it is a book that's in the series The Three Musketeers written by Alexander Dumas. It's crazy good. The book series is great. Um, the movie is spectacular. I consider it a classic. I think that's when Leonardo DiCaprio should have won his fifth Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> or third. I don't know. Or third. You know, that's it's the fine. Uh, where's he? What's eating Gilbert Grape? I was like, yeah, that kid deserves an Oscar. And then watching Man in the Iron Mask, I mean, give him another one. <laughs> and, he, and then he didn't get either. So whatever. You're like, okay, it's yeah, fine. It's, that's fine. It only took like 20 years. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. He's like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so originally when I researched this topic, I was working on Brace Yourself, The Arcus Tales. Whoa. I know we haven't talked about that in a while because I've been avoiding book three. But in book three. Three, the Iron Mask itself is featured. So this has been a topic historically and literary speak li literarily. Oh man, that's see, that's that one I would have to Google. <laughs> that would. That <laughs> I'm gonna make it a word. Literarily, no, I'm not gonna say it anymore. Um, that it's one that I researched quite a bit. Um, so. As a side note, though, just like the last episode of my boy, Matthias Klostermeyer, when I went back into this topic, I was like, I have an idea for a totally different story for this guy. So <laughs> no one's surprised. So we're going to throw that away. Every topic, I'm way. like, I'm going to put this in Argus. And then I get even deeper into the research and I'm like, nope. It I deserves mean, its own story. It deserves its own story. Yeah, I'm going to have, have elements in Argus. So it'll sound familiar if you're a fan of that series and you get to book three, if it ever comes out, <laughs> then you'll be like, oh, yeah, she talked about that. Um, but in the future, I do have a project that would will probably involve this guy. So let's dive in since Caitlin's going in blind and I love that. Um, hey, here's what's what, new. Here, what's, what's new? So here's what we know about the man in the iron mask. The whole part, the reason it's so intriguing, not just because it's like a masked prisoner, who was held and not killed for some reason, is that nobody knows his identity, historically. Nobody knows it. It was not actually recorded anywhere. But here's, here are the facts that we do know. The man in the mask was a real-life political prisoner held in France during the reign of Louis XIV. Okay. The mask, contrary to the movie and book and 
widespread belief, was not made of iron. It was actually made of black velvet. Oh. There was like zero evidence of an iron mask. <laughs> I looked. I looked. I was like. That ruins everything. Oh, that's so much more interesting, though. Instead, it, it was literally like a cloth over his face. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, he could have moved. Why was it called he the iron mask? He moved it. I, I looked into that. So the reason that it was, it is now in pop culture known as an iron mask is because of Voltaire. That philosopher writer guy. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I think it's more interesting if it's not velvet. <laughs> I think it, I think, just out of my head that it was probably iron. And then Alexander Dumas like that guy's onto something. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put it in a book. <laughs> and then he did. He made an entire plot around yeah, why it. Why are philosophers the worst? <laughs> like for real. <laughs> just make stuff up all the time. Make stuff up all the time. They're like writers. Those guys hey, don't are the hate worst on me. Too. I do like philosophy. I'm just saying. That's Room how everything. Most, most of the stuff gets made up. I want up. to know the facts. <laughs> Just stick to the facts. Okay, here here's more facts for you though. So the man in, in the mask I'm just mm-hmm. going to say the masked prisoner because I'm going to slip up and say iron mask every single time. Every time. So the masked prisoner lived from about 1658, they think, mm-hmm. to November 19th of 1703. That's as specific as I can get. Yeah. Okay. They don't know where he came from either. Nothing, I was nothing. Say, that just was my next question. We have a loose uh, birth de- year, birth, yeah, year, birth year, and then they have a very specific death date. Interesting. November 19th, 1703. So we know for sure when he died. Know for sure. Not sure where he came when from. He died. Or what, nope, when don't happened. know. And also, I'm going to do a disclaimer because it's it's we're already getting too far in the episode before I'm going to have to start saying this. I I was speaking to a friend before before we started recording this and a friend not Caitlin um (laughs) I have more than just Caitlin but mostly Caitlin um but I have this other friend Carly who actually can speak French Mm. and I told her about this episode that we're going to be recording Mm -hmm. and I was mispronouncing some 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 names I'm like I'm just going to mispronounce it and she goes no you need to like I can train you before you do the episode so you could do it correctly and then and then it didn't happen (laughs) so Carly if you're listening I apologize just cover your ears I am going to mispronounce everything. I'm sorry. Ahead of I'm time. sorry. If I'm you know not... anything about Renee, you know that she loves to try and pronounce things correctly, but it just doesn't <laughs> happen very often. It does not happen. But I'm the same way. At so. some point, I just make a mockery of myself, right. and I intentionally mispronounce it because I'm like, I'm just, I'm good. I'm going to make people mad. I'm just <laughs> not going to say anything correctly. Let's so. make it into a joke. Yeah. Okay. So this is the first example of this. But actually, I don't know if this is a French name or not. So he was rec- <laughs> the only recorded name for this masked prisoner was like a vaguely recorded scribble and the name was Marchioli. Hmm. Doesn't sound French, does it? No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Sounds it, Italian. He was labeled Yes he, yes it does. <laughs> yes it does. He was labeled as being about forty five years in age. <laughs> Which actually let me do the math real quick based on those birth years I just gave you. Mm-hmm. I don't I didn't actually do the math beforehand. <laughs> let me okay. No, so that tracks. That is 45 years. Yeah. 1658 to 1703. Yeah. So he's he's about 45, they think. Yeah. Um, Marcioli. Yeah. That's that's the only name he was given. He was moved around several times in various parts of France, um, but he was settled in the Bastille in Paris in 1698, which is like a very famous 
Parisian prison. Mm-hmm. A lot of like hoity-toity prisoners went there. Mm-hmm. You know that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, then I, as I said, he died in November of 1703. Before he was even dead, though, like his whole thing was uh, an intriguing mystery to the public. Because I guess it got out that there was a masked prisoner of some kind, and they're like, "Well, who is it?" And no one knew. No one knew. So the theories started to evolve before right. the, the dude was even dead. Before I'm he sure he dead. heard the theories. Right. And I'm sure he was like, ha ha. <laughs> You're wrong. You're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm not that guy either. <laughs> nope. Not me. That's like, not my I name. I feel like someone like Renee would get a lot of joy out of that secretly. Like, just ha, you think you can get catch Sit in me. my prison cell with a mask on my face like, they'll never find me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he did it. I'm sure yeah. that's what he did. Um. What little is known was ascertained uh, from correspondence between the jailer. He had the same jailer for 34 years of imprisonment. The same guy was paid to keep this guy locked up. The correspondence between the jailer and the the whoever was paying the jailer, they wrote a lot of letters. There were over 800 pages of correspondence between this guy and his superiors or his employers or whatever. So his name... Prepare for the first mispronunciation. His name, the jailer's name, was, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to s- pronounce it. B- ben- it looks like Benign Devergening uh, St. Mars. <laughs> I'm just going to say St. Mars. <laughs> yeah, just call him St. Mars because that Mar- first word is Can you rural. say that? Do you no. even know what that is? It's like Devargen. Devargne. It's spelled D-A-U-V-E-R-G-N-E. And I feel like only French <sighs> people could understand that. Well, they that's the middle name. Yeah, the first name is, it looks like Benign. It does. I bet it's like Benin or something yeah, like that. It's not. And it has an E on the end, but it looks like benign, like a benign tumor. <laughs> and so I'm just saying, like, that's what it looks like. His and name I, is Tumor de Vergne. I have never studied de French. Saint I Mar- took one year sophomore year of high school it, and my teacher was like you should no you longer should take french and i switch, said okay i will classes. switch <laughs> okay spanish it is spanish it is <laughs> see other, uh, spanish is a little bit easier to like guess pronunciations mm-hmm. because it's a little more phonetic this is french yeah, is not french isn't there yeah. i'm There's probably a lot of letters that could be a few different things and i bet half those letters aren't even pronounced like they're right. silent i don't even know so i'm just gonna call them saint mars and carly can cringe as she listens <laughs> to this entire episode um so St. Mars was a really greedy dude. He uh, was apparently super well paid for this sensitive job. And it sounded like, I couldn't confirm because I couldn't find access to these 800 pages of correspondence, but it sounded like they sent money for the prisoner's care, too. Like, I'm assuming, like, food, board, stuff like yeah. that, you know, like yeah. if you needed new clothes. Normal things, yeah. Uh, whatever he was given, though, St. Mars just pocketed. So when they, oh. yeah, they, they found historical evidence that the prisoner was, like, in a room. There are some accounts where they're, like, assuming with such royal treatment, they're like, oh, this guy probably had, like, a nice suite he was right. staying in. Which I, I feel like if he's tr- trying to pay for things for him and just never reach him, that probably was the That case. was the intent. Or yeah. the intent, yeah. Because we, we learned, it, I forget who it was that we talked about that, like, he wrote... What, like an 800 page book while he was kept up so he must have had access thomas mallory wrote lamort right. darther yeah so that, that was probably the intent yeah depending on what kind of prisoner you were you mm. probably had various access to to resources yeah. uh, but this guy this prisoner ended up like by the time he died he had like an empty room with like a small cot and that was it 
that yeah so i i mean i don't know what he did i don't know how much sympathy we should have for him but like that <laughs> sucks that sounds fair. terrible but no, um fair. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Oh, it yeah, sounded so, like, like... We don't really know why he got locked up. No. We just know that he's in prison for like 30-something years. Just wait when I get to the oh, theories. Okay. There <laughs> are so like, many theories. Why? I'm confused. So many theories as to what this guy did. I will tell you one thing. None of these th theories involve things like murder or molestation or kidnapping. Like, none what? of them sound like horrific crimes. They sound... And, and again, it, he's a political prisoner, so it sounds more like he had disagreements with people. <laughs> and then they're like, throw that guy in prison so for the... Of those guys who stood in front of the castle is like, I hate you, and got thrown in a prison. Threw, he, he egged the castle. That would be my husband. And Louis, so, I Louis mean. the 14th's like, put a mask on that dude and lock him up forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was it. Um, oh, that's funny. But yeah, so it sounded like he was supposed to have a little more of a luxurious imprisonment, but he ended up having just a sleeping mat because mm. St. Mars was super greedy. I kind of surprising. I, he kind of sounds like an inch. He sounds like a Dickensian kind of character St. Mars does. I feel like I've read, and I can't even think of which Dickens book, where there was a jailer with this exact personality. If anyone knows, please tell me, because I can't remember please which one. Me, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, okay, are you ready for the theories? I've read way more Dickens than I have, so I couldn't tell you. Well, and that's why I'm mixing them all up. I have like, no <laughs> idea who was who. I'm like, I know I've there was so one. many books. There was a jailer. I know Little Dorrit had a an Italian prisoner, mm -hmm. and there was a jailer, but I don't know if the jailer was interesting at all. Anyway. Anyway. Those are the facts. Those are all the facts, facts that we have. What is left are theories. So let's dive into these theories, okay? All right, let's dive in. So the first one is an English nobleman. No name, no name. Just the general idea of an English nobleman. <laughs> because the French are like, why not? Why not? We don't like them. That's we probably don't like who English it is. People, so we'll just call you an English nobleman. Yeah, they really didn't. And I like thought for a second. I was like, okay, he could have been a prisoner of war. So I looked up what what english french war was happening in 1658 or or around that time, that time. when he would have been because if he was imprisoned for 34 years it okay first of all that. if he's about 45 he was a teenager yeah I, something Those about these, these timelines don't really make sense to me especially yeah. when you look at all the theories that people who were alive back then came up with i'm like i don't how well researched is your theory? Also, I don't. Probably not. <laughs> maybe he's actually, maybe he died at an older age than they thought, and then he was imprisoned as an adult. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I looked it up. There's no actual, like, English French war that's listed for that period of time. However, they always had tension, like political tension. Yeah. So it could be w that. Was there anything that happened prior? There was just like a lingering hate, kind of like. I well, mean, now it's a joke, but kind of like when America won the revolution. Oh, yeah, and they've got that, like, grudge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those English, they got that grudge. They got that grudge. I don't know. See, th that's the tricky thing, too, because they have a lot of wars throughout <laughs> history. Mm. So the prejudice is there. Right. And the, the wars that both of them, because uh, France and England, it's like they couldn't stop being at war with people. Mm -hmm. for a long period like it just they were always fighting somebody yeah and i was so like now we hate you yeah or we want your land we want this yeah. yeah and historians correct me if this is incorrect but i'm pretty sure what i looked at um the wars they were fighting they could have been allies with people who were fighting each other so mm -hmm. it like indirectly they could have been yeah, enemies which only in, like encouraged the already distaste that was there yeah but it's just funny to me because, like, even if you and again, this is just TV, a mm -hmm. and then b. It's also probably just me assuming things. But you look at like 
TV shows that are set in like the 1800s, England, and the, how they talk about the French, mm-hmm. it's like all those French, they're like you so know what dumb. I mean. If they're French, yeah. they have automatically have a distaste. So they're, yeah. it obviously comes from something historically. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine it would be like a long-term distaste for whatever reason and multiple wars and things mm-hmm. like that. They just don't like each other. It's funny, they don't even name, like the, this theory, again, an unnamed English nobleman. It's just everyone was like, oh, a prisoner? Oh, he's probably English. He's probably. <laughs> and you know what he rem- that reminded me of? This theory really makes me think of the Scarlet Pimpernel. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of your favorites. It's one of my favorites. He's also in The Arcus Tales, guys. So when book three ever comes out, you're going to meet Percy, Sir Percy Blakeney. But like, when I read this theory, I was like, oh, yeah, they would definitely lock Percy up. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but then I looked into it, I was like, no, he was like a century later during the revolution, mm-hmm. the French Revolution. Like, yeah, so time doesn't match up. Yeah, because I, I actually, <laughs> I sidetracked a little bit and I deep dived into the Scarlet Pimpernel and the historical basis for him. There is a guy that she loosely based it on. Maybe that's a totally separate episode that we could talk about. But the, I like I I went down a rabbit hole. I was right. like, oh, is this the guy? No, the no. time period does not match. <laughs> Renee, stop looking at this and stop get back trying. to the masked prisoner. Yeah, stop trying to make this. Stop trying to make fetch a thing. <laughs> Jeez, Renee. Yeah, Renee, stop trying to make fetch a stop, thing. Stop trying to make what Percy a thing. Percy is not the masked prisoner. But that would have been cool. That would have been kind of cool. Okay, so yeah, I don't I don't know if that is the my favorite theory. It is a theory. It exists. It's out there. It's been said. The next one. <laughs> it's been said. It's been said. We went, we went over it. Yeah. We went there, and now we're going back. We did, <laughs> did our due diligence, and now we're moving on to French names for me to mispronounce. This one is Louis de, de Bourbon. De Bourbon. 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 Comte de Ver- Vermandois. Vermandois? I don't know. Vermandois. Um, Louis is the son of Louis Fourteenth. Mm, and okay. his mistress, Louise, how awful. Louis and Louise, like, that's terrible. Yeah, Couldn't Louis you just Louis pick thinking. a mistress with a different name? Like, that's the same thing. Anyway, Louis uh, Fourteenth and his mistress, Louise de la Valliere, or something. Valliere? Uh, that maybe. There's I a little know. accent. I'm, again, not French. You Don't know judge what's me. funny is my name is French. <laughs> and my <laughs> name is probably one of the only French names I know how to, uh, how to pronounce because it's my name. <laughs> But still shout out to your parents. Shout sure. out to yeah, good job guys. Um, <laughs> so Louis and Louise. But it's funny because yours is the only like, really like fancy name yeah. out of the kids of your family. It is yeah. <laughs> it has an accent. It, mar- it has a little little accent mark over the e and everything. Yeah. Like I'm just for reference though, just so you know, like she has a sister named Megan. Yep. So I just think it's funny. And then Rebecca. Like, <laughs> Becca. And then my brother Nathan. Like they had normal English names. <laughs> My parents are like, Renee, 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 Renee Alicia. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. I just think it's so fun. I'm just really exotic. You were the first girl, so what it had to be say? super fancy. Yeah, you know? it did. It did. Anyway, they s- sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Shout I out. I just think it's funny. Shout out to all you normal named people. Um, so <laughs> I'm one of them. I get yeah, it. Yeah, Caitlin's a good name, though. It's boring. <laughs> but Well, it's the name. Okay, so Caitlin, it has a fancy spelling, apparently, but, you know. Yours is the Irish spelling. Mm-hmm. I like that the best. I wish I was Irish. I'm not. I love Irish accents. Fun fact, just so everybody knows. But <laughs> She's a fan. It was one of those names that wasn't super popular yet when I was born, 
and then everyone had the same idea, thinking it was super unique. And now you meet every anyone who's Everyone's a millennial Caitlin. who was born between the ages of 1990 and 1995. <laughs> you have a 60% chance that their name is Caitlin. And so it's just really <laughs> embarrassing going to Starbucks. And okay, judge me that I drink Starbucks. But. All the time. And then I tell them my name is Caitlin. It's, it's honestly a game just to see yeah. how they spell it. And some people try to just be super unique and just put random letters in my name. <laughs> I went to Wendy's the other day yesterday the other day is yesterday and i the lady asked me who the order is for and i said renee and she spelled it r-a-n-a-e <laughs> and i'm like that's i don't Ray think that's one i've ever gotten before <laughs> like most people it's a common middle name yeah and so like most people know generally how to spell it and then they just miss the accent mark which i've stopped mm -hmm. being picky about since i was a kid yeah like i don't care as much about it i do it but like i don't expect other people to right but but to totally add like a bunch of a's <laughs> Like that's but okay. in like actual English language, I would be pronounced Rene, Rene, Rene. I don't know. I could even understand an I versus an A. Like that's why it's funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, anyway, I was like looking at my receipt and I was like, well, that's unique. That's unique. I've never got never that before. Never seen that before. Thank cool. you, Wendy's worker. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. On, sorry, back guys. to Louis, the other French name I can pronounce. Louis and Louise. He had a lot of mistresses. First of all, just. Mm -hmm. It's a, like a royalty I think it's thing. It's a royalty thing. Yeah, I. It's almost like they were like, "Well, we read the Old Testament Bible, <laughs> and they had multiple. They had wives. concubines, so like obviously, not I the could, same thing, guys. Not, <laughs> not the same thing. thing. Nobody, slow also down. Not okay. No. <laughs> so it worked out for mo majority of those people. Not well. It didn't work. Yeah. Anyway, so, but he, uh, she was Louise was his mistress for six years. Mm. A whole six years. A whole six years. They Not a lot even of, a decade. They had a lot of kids for six years, but I guess they didn't have birth control back then. So, like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, she That's was, fair. it's sad because she was this, like, young, innocent, religious girl that the king mm. was like, hey, you're hot. I think I'll keep you in a secret little castle. Oh my and gosh. she was in love with him. She was really in love with him. And that just breaks my heart because I'm like, ah, kings are trash. I don't Yeah, they really are. <laughs> Move, you can find, you can never find, find a good someone one. else. Yeah. So I'm sorry. They were hot gossip, too. Like, they caused a lot of, I actually, when I read about her, I didn't read a lot about his actual wife and her mm. response to the whole thing. I'm sure she was used to it. She was probably like, whatever. I've got, I've got lovers, too. It's yeah, okay. It's fine. You do your thing. I'll yeah. do my thing. So Louise actually had about five kids Jeez. with Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, years. Wow. Three of them passed away in infancy, Aww. which was very common back then. Yeah. Very sad. Um, but little Louis, because I'm not going to try to pronounce his his title. Um, little Louis, Louis Junior, <laughs> um, would have been the fifth kid, but he was one of the few, one of the two that uh, survived. So he had, Louis Jr. had a feud with his dad, the king, and because that happened all the time. You know, the English yeah. monarchy was like that too. Fathers and sons didn't really get along, especially because it was like a throne thing. They were like competitive. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, well, so. Especially if you're power hungry, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the, the Roman Empire, like Herod. He yeah. was like super paranoid that you're going to take over his power. Don't like, eventually you're going to die. Yeah. You might as well just let him live so he can your name can at least be carried on. But yeah. Okay. But it's like the insecurity thing. Like, are you going to murder me in my sleep so you can have my throne? Right. Like, now yeah. I don't like you immediately. Right. I like my daughters because they would never do this. <laughs> because women, women don't murder. <laughs> also, women can't be king. Women can't be king. Jeez. There's, there's that detail, There's too, that yeah. detail, too. But. Um, but, yeah, so Louis Jr. was exiled to Normandy at age 15. He then died in battle a year later in, in 1683, what? which is before the masked prisoner died and, and probably 
it, it, the timeline doesn't really match up. Okay. But when I read this theory, I was like, okay, his death could have been faked. Mm-hmm. And his dad could have been like, like, I can't, I have a hard time killing a kid. He's 15. I have a hard time killing my son, but I also don't want him to kill me to take over the throne. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to lock him up, but I'm going to put a mask on him because I just faked his death and I don't want him getting out and claiming my throne. Oh, like, I could see that being that the case. That feels realistic. Yeah and, yeah, and he was young, which kind of matches the whole, if the mass prisoner was actually... In his teens. In his teens. Yeah. Then, and then, yeah. And if he was, like, a rebellious child already, like, in his dad was threatened by that like that feels more realistic yeah. than these other theories yeah um, anyway sorry i wait let me scroll real quick okay i'm gonna interject uh another theory because i forgot to put it in this part of the notes i think i expected myself to talk about it in the intro when i talked about the movie so alexander dumas after Voltaire was like, I think it's a, an iron mask and not a velvet mask and whatever, like, because that's more interesting. And Alexander Dumas is like, yes, I'm going to write that down. Um, so in The Man in the Iron Mask that Alexander Dumas wrote, the explanation is, the fictional explanation is that Louis XIV had a twin brother. Mm. And when they were, ch- when they were infants, their father was like, I don't want brothers killing each other over the throne. So I'm going to send one twin away okay. to live with some ner- like milkmaid or whatever and be raised in the countryside. And it was like, nice. Then Louis XIV, who stayed and claimed the throne, rose up and claimed the throne right. and was like, I have this twin brother. No, no. You're going to cover up his face and lock him up because I'm insecure. Hmm. And so the, the poor little twin who was raised off in the countryside suddenly gets thrown into a prison with no explanation hmm. and a mask over his face. And the musketeers, essentially, they're like, we don't like how this Louis XIV is running things because he's garbage. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to switch him and his twin. Because one of the musketeers helped do the whole, like, that whole scandal, right? He's like, let's just switch him and the twin. So, like, they break one out of prison and then they trap one in prison. Spoiler alert. It's so good. It's so good. And Leonardo DiCaprio plays both brothers. <laughs> and he is so, they're such well, different so, characters. He's such a good actor anyway. The <sighs> fact that it took him so long to get an award was astounding criminal so the fact that i haven't seen it because again i think when i'm thinking of this movie i forget what movie it was but it's like an older like 90s style movie Mm -hmm. and it's like set in the same time period was it like the regular three musketeers because they made a 90s version where it's like the first book but has nothing to do with the mask guy but has the same musketeer characters okay so the names could have when i talked about it could have sounded familiar and i do remember like that's the part that frustrates me is I do remember there being like some sort of plot line of like somebody in jail. So it could have easily been that movie. I don't know. But anyway. Or Count of Monte Cristo has a very similar mm. feel to it, which is also an Alexander Dumas story. So I, I would not be surprised if that's, if what, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Henry Cavill's in that time one. period. I would. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like my mom was into all those types of movies. So it's like, I've seen so You're many, familiar. I can't put names to them. It's or like time me with periods. the Dickens stories. Right. I'm like, all of them blur together at some point. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But so but that's why I want to see it is because I know he's a great actor and yeah. so I can totally see him pulling it off so well. Cause, cause Louis is garbage. And then Philippe is like this innocent kid that was raised in the country with no idea about anything. And he's so sweet and he just wants to make sure everyone's happy. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, protect him. Protect him. I, it's not streaming anywhere, but mm. I have it on DVD. We should watch it. <laughs> we should watch it. Side it's note. great. So that's, I, I wanted to establish that fictional theory because it kind of, when I read the Louis, 
Jr. theory. Like, mm-hmm. it was his son. Like, I'm like, that, okay, if the prisoner was royal mm-hmm. and they had a hard time justifying killing them, I have a whole thing about that, about that later when I tell you my issues about all of these theories. <laughs> I have a list. One of my issues is why not just kill him? Mm-hmm. Like, That's you were so quick was. to kill everybody else. Like, right. I don't. So, so if, if, if it was Louis' kid, I could be like, okay, mm-hmm. the fatherly side of him, as much as he was hating his kid, he couldn't bring himself to kill. Like, that, I believe that. Yeah. This sounds like my favorite theory. Um, I really love Alexander Dumas' story, but I don't also, I don't know if that, I mean, maybe he's right. Maybe the fictional version is the most credible, and that's why it's so popular. But that's why it's so popular. Well, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you. Did you do any research into that general story? Because it also reminds, because I feel like you see something similar to that in a lot of other type of stories where kingdoms and kingdomhood was very common. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in, um, what, what was that show we both really liked? Once Upon a Time. You know, um, the Prince Charming who married Snow White, his character, they did that type of plot line where he was the countryside twin, Uh and then that's how he took over because his brother died, and they didn't want anybody to know. I think Alexander Dumas was the first to really launch that kind of story into popularity, and it was Mm -hmm. because of this whole case, how everyone was like, no one knows what this thing is, and he was like, I have an idea that I'm going to make fictionally credible. (laughs) And then he did it, and no one could prove, tell him he's wrong, and also he's like a fiction writer, so everyone's like, yes, Yes. let's just eat that up. I think a lot of stories were influenced by him. Mm -hmm. Um, Which which, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. But a lot of elements from his stories were really huge at the time, too. So like Robin Hood and the Merry Men, Mm -hmm. the Three Musketeers have a very Merry Men kind of vibe. They do. Because it's uh, it's like all like, oh, brotherhood. (laughs) Harmony. We're fighting bad guys together. Like it was, right. it was a good, popular, comforting trope that he paired with other historically relevant things, things. at the time, like that. Mm-hmm. So, but that's what makes those types of stories so believable and so good, though. At the same time, he came up with them in his own day. I love him. He's great. He's we should great. do an episode on him. <laughs> He's, I love him. Anyway, so, so yeah, so the Louis Jr. Uh, theory. I'll just pair that with the. Louis and Philippe theory where it's twin brothers and that's why they couldn't kill him um, and wanted to hide his identity. The other oh I didn't read far enough. That's literally yeah the twin theory. I did. It was my next <laughs> Well we talked about it so we're in line. We covered it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Historically speaking he, Louis the only recorded child but I would not put it past a royal family to hide a child. Yeah. So. It's true. This, this one <laughs> This is probably the least likely of all of the theories. The least likely. There always has to be one. There always has to be one kind of ridiculous ones that people, like, they're researching for straws to come up with a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And this one's like, oh, really? You're reaching a little too far. Yeah, this feels less credible. But um, there is this uh, this writer at the time named Molieri. I'm butchering that because he's French. He's not Italian, and I just made it sound Italian. His real name is Jean-Baptiste uh, Pocaline, something like that. Anyway, good Moliere. <laughs> Butchered that again. Yeah, he, I don't know. He wrote I a play. I can fake it. <laughs> I can fake it. See, I'm just going to pronounce it phonetically, and you're yeah. just going to have to figure out what I'm saying. Right. Um, <laughs> he wrote this play called Tartuffe, and mm. it mocked the Catholic Church. Not surprising. You know how writers it's are. Really they're easy satirical. To do that. <laughs> yeah, and they're like... Especially back then, they were having a lot of conflicts religiously. And so, like, it was easy for satirical writers to tear them apart. Right. I mean, all all respect to those listeners who are Catholic. But, like, at the time, it was fun to make fun of them. Like, that's what a lot of writers 
and musician. Like, I think it sounded like he was a composer, too. So maybe it was like an opera. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, the theory that came up about this guy was that it, he is the prisoner. And it's because the Jesuits got mad about the play and they imprisoned him. <laughs> Which, like, no. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Don't think so. Because then the rest of the story doesn't make sense. No. First of all, why didn't they kill him? Right. And also, why did... Who... What Jesuit was so wealthy that they kept paying this St. Mars guy so much money to keep this guy locked up? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. He also died in 1673 of tuberculosis. So I'm like, nah, I feel like you're not the masked prisoner, but whatever. It's fine. I had to throw that theory out there because it was listed among the most popular. Um... The next one, I can actually pronounce this guy's name. Ercoli Mattioli. Look at you He's go. I can do Italian and Spanish. Just don't ask me to do French. I can't. <laughs> this guy was an Italian diplomat, okay? okay? And he was in charge of a certain Italian fortress called Casali... Mm, no, hold on. I haven't, didn't rehearse this <laughs> hold word. Hold on. Manferrato. Manferrato? Yeah, which was strategically located. So um, it was one of those that... Every country, regardless of what the actual war at the time was happening, politically they were like, that would be good territory to have. That fortress is perfectly located for any kind of war. Mm-hmm. Um, and Louis XIV really wanted it. Um, so mm-hmm. Mattioli is like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, definitely, uh, I'll definitely sell it to you, but we got to keep it on the down low because French occupation of an Italian fortress would be incredibly unpopular and I would probably get killed. <laughs> so let's keep it on the down low. So it was a really secret deal. Yeah. Really secret, covert kind of arrangement that happened well, um very sense, especially hush, if, it, if the point like the reason why you're buying it is because it's strategically located for, for war, war. <laughs> yeah like, yeah you know you're having an enemy on your territory exactly but continue but mattioli was a sneaky little dude he's like i'm all about the money if yes. you're gonna pay me <laughs> he was like louis is about to pay me a bunch of money for this i bet another country would give me more so he he offered it to austria savoy Spain oh, and Venice. I'm getting uncomfortable. Just a side note, in case anyone's like, Venice is not a country. Actually. <laughs> Actually. I was prepping for a Medici episode, and I <laughs> went on a rabbit hole as well, because I was also confused about Italian government. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Before Italy was, like, unified and made, like, one country, mm-hmm. they were states. Mm-hmm. So, like, Florence was kind of its own country, but they called it a state. And Venice was kind of its own country. So whatever war Venice was involved in, it does not mean that the rest of what we know as Italy was part of the war. I was also confused when I was like, Venice? That's a little city. That's a city <laughs> where you have boats and stuff. Why did they have a government that was involved in war? Yeah, it's like the city-state idea. Yeah. It's probably not the same exact thing, but that was really common for Roman Empire. So if that just kind of... It carried. carried, and that's why, over. like the Medici, they probably change different things, but yeah, that'd make a lot of sense. That's why the Medici's were able to be a ruling family in Florence, because they're like, "I'm super rich. I'm just gonna own Florence." I'm and just gonna own. No Florence. one questioned it except other rich Italians who were like, "But I wanted to I own Florence." Be a king. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you. Anyway, that's a different episode. Mm. Anyway, so Mattioli. Uh, attempted to get a better offer out of these governments. And whether or not he did is irrelevant to the story, apparently, because it was not specified. What was relevant was the fact that the secret got out. And Louis was like, hey! Hey! (laughs) Why are you... Stop it! (laughs) Stop it! Stab it! Slap him on the wrist. So we had him captured and imprisoned for his trickery! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had 
to bring it back. It's just gonna be a theme trickery. this whole season. It is. Trickery. It's gonna. I'm gonna carry it you until have, I put it on a T-shirt. On me. I want to wear a T-shirt that says trickery. Maybe yes. I'll make one. Right, um, like really small in the yeah. corner, but you say it really trickery. loud randomly. <laughs> trickery. It's in all caps with an exclamation point, but it's like really small. Really font. small font. <laughs> trickery. Because you're like huge on the back. Yes. That'd be so funny. I love it. Okay, I write that. I'm writing that down. Next, next T-shirt idea. That's what we're doing. Write that down. Trickery. So this Mattioli guy was big on trickery, and he, so he got arrested, and in prison. And I don't know. This is again, I don't know why Louis wouldn't have killed him for treason because that's a killable offense like mm -hmm. that's people have been killed for less you know mm -hmm. and if you're like the king and he betrayed the king like literally it's written that that is punishable by death yeah so i'm like okay i don't i like this mattioli guy he sounds really cool <laughs> um because he's like sleazy businessman kind mm -hmm. of thing like that's an interesting vibe but he should have been killed like but he wasn't. He was imprisoned. And there were, like, according to records of the time, he was going a little bit mad, mm -hmm. losing his mind in prison. And so I guess maybe that's a better punishment than killing him. Maybe that was the intent. Louis yeah. was like, I'm going to make you go crazy. <laughs> and he did. But uh, Matthew Lee died in 19... Not 19. Let me try that whole year again. 1694. He's immortal. He's immortal. 1694 is when he died. So that was, again, it's before they recorded... Mm -hmm the mass prisoner's death, so that doesn't line up either. Now we've arrived to the final and most popular theory among historians. I still have issues with it, but hmm. but I will get to the issues. This is, uh, this is actually <laughs> the theory that made me come up with, a, with an idea for a, a, a story related to this. Because I'm like, okay, I don't believe, I don't actually think it's him, but this is a really but good story. It's a good story. I like. I hate his name too. I want to change it. His name is Eustache Do Dauger. Duger. 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 I don't know. Eustache. D a u g e r. I I'm, don't know. I'm gonna call him Eustace. I'm sure you don't pronounce that. G. No, I'm <laughs> sure. I have no idea how Dower? you even pronounce it. Maybe it's Dower. Maybe Dower? the G's silent. Maybe it's Eustache. Eustache Dower. He's French. You I don't even pronounce the C-H either because it's French. Eustace. I'm going to call him Eustace because that's much Eustace. easier to say. So guys, when I say Eustace, that's not his name, but it's close enough. Close enough. It's a very anglicized version of his name. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> he was the son. This is interesting. And this kind of ties it back to um, Alexander Dumas. Okay. A little bit, a little bit, because if anybody who's listening is familiar with the Three Musketeers, one of the antagonists in the Three Musketeers is Cardinal Richelieu, who mm -hmm. is the evil cardinal who gives the king bad advice and manipulates the king and mm -hmm. is trying to kind of usurp the throne without actually doing it because he claims he's a religious figure and not like a political figure. Mm -hmm. But he gives advice and manipulates as if he is if a he political is, figure. Yeah. And he's like very sneaky and underhanded. And it he reminds like, me of the Lord of the Rings a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That creepy yeah. guy manipulating the king. Yeah. That's Richelieu. But he's a real guy. Mm -hmm. Like Alexander Dumas, is, he's a, a real, real he's a real historical figure that Alexander Dumas fictionalized to make him even worse. I actually, maybe he was this bad in real life. I don't know. But um, this Eustace guy, <laughs> Eustace, this Eustace guy is um, the son of a captain of Cardinal Richelieu's guards. Cardinal Richelieu had his own red guard because he felt like he needed his own militia? I don't know. I don't know. He's really extra. I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, um, I believe it. One of yeah, but one of his one of his captains is is Eustace, good old Eustace's dad. Um because 
his dad, Eustace's dad and elder brothers were killed in battle, he became the head of the family at kind of a young age. Didn't specify what age, but young age. So I'm assuming, yeah, like 12, 13, young teenager when he's like in his like formative years. Um, So in 1659, Eustace was invited to an Easter party at some castle. At this castle, allegedly, uh, the party got a little bit wild and Eustace was a little wild. So this kind of tracks, like this makes sense that he would be at this kind of place. There were rumors of satanic rituals, quote unquote, debauchery, violence, and just rough merrymaking. <laughs> I'm taking, this is an exact, merrymaking and debauchery was an exact quote. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but there was like a lot of bad stuff happening. They were like, I don't know, crazy, crazy. I crazy. mean, 21st century crazy can get pretty crazy too. Yeah. And back then to, it was probably even worse. Yeah. Because there was literally, like, no regulation on a lot of the life outside of the king, like, the main kingdom. Yeah, and he wasn't a royal either, Mm -hmm. and so it's not like the royal family having a good time and then keeping it hush-hush that they're being bad. Right. They're being naughty. (laughs) Um, No, this was, like, regular people. Not regular people. They live in a castle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) I'm assuming, like, middle class or lower upper class because they weren't named. No one was titled. No one who who was in this party had a title that I could find. So anyway, this this party's important because when news broke, the attendees of the party were arrested. <laughs> like this is how bad the party got. Like wow. it was criminal. Yeah. The debauchery and the satanic rituals, which I guess you know what go which actually makes sense because like w- going back to the theory, it's an Easter party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and going back to the theory about how uh, aggressively the Catholic Church could have reacted to that yeah. guy's play, yeah, like this satanic rituals would have probably been definitely taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm not <laughs> too surprised by that. Yeah. I did chuckle. I was like, okay, <laughs> is that I an mean, exaggeration? Is that okay. an overreaction? Did someone die? <laughs> No, I mean, but they did could've... you die though? But did you die? No, we didn't die. So yeah, so they were arrested. They were put on trial. Blah blah blah. There was no actual record of Eustace's imprisonment though. Um, they just moved on to the next story of terrible things that he did because he was a wild kid. Um, so I'm I'm gonna assume that like his friends, he was imprisoned for a period of time, but I don't think he was in long, because in 1665, six years later. Um, <laughs> He allegedly killed a young page boy during a drunken brawl. This dude was out of control. He was, like, partying all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was not in a position to get away with any of this, but and clearly he didn't. He was in prison a few times. But, yeah, yeah he killed a poor little page boy mm. because he was drunk. What was that page boy doing in a bar? I don't know. Um, when his mother died, Eustace's mother died, she left the majority of his estate to his younger brother and left Eustace a very limited amount of funds. It's probably Gee, wise. I wonder why yeah, she I feel did like that. that's wise. He she hate, knew. Yeah, she's like, you're out of control. You're out of control. Here's you're some money. waste all of my money in a state. Yep, yeah. so his little brother was like, yes, I'm the, I good, deserve I'm the good kid. I'm the good kid. So, but Eustace was like really upset about it. Um, in the 1930s, let's fast forward a little bit. There was a historian named Maurice Duvivier. Du, du, <laughs> Duvivier? 
I don't know. I've seen Vivier before, like that name. So I feel like that makes sense. Maurice. Maurice. Call him Maurice and Eustace. Anyway, linked Eustace to a poisoning scandal that happened from 1677 and 1682. Now, this is when the story gets interesting. This is when I started paying attention. Because before I'm like, like, this is where I think. Yeah. Before I'm like, he's just a drunk idiot who accidentally killed a kid. Like not doing anything other than being bad. He does. He didn't sound at the beginning of his story like he was worth. The trouble, the trouble of the masked prisoner. So I'm like, I'm not buying it. But this one, I this one, okay. Brace yourself. <laughs> Brace yourself. A poisoning scandal, okay? Mm-hmm. Between 1677 and 1682. People in high places were being accused of poisoning people and participating in satanic rituals, which if Eustace was already doing that at Easter parties, it's probably on brand for him. <laughs> right. um, anyway, an investigation started. So it, it, what it interested me about this is that these are aristocrats being accused of poisoning other aristocrats so like they're having problems within themselves so i'm like okay where does eustace come in well i'm like i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna gonna tell tell you so uh, an investigation started louis the 14th put an end to the investigation because one of his mistresses was involved and he was like "Mm, my baby can do nothing wrong so nope (laughs) we're not gonna look into this anymore this is no longer an investigation. Yeah. I am king. I can tell you what to do. Yeah. But they're... Sketchy, first of all. The alleged supplier of the poisons was supposedly named Auger. Auger? <laughs> A-U-G-E-R. Now I want to go back to Eustace's real name and not what I'm calling him. Eustache Dauger mm-hmm. or Doger. D-A-U-G-E-R. Mm-hmm. So... Good old Maurice, the historian, read this and was like, that name is incredibly similar mm-hmm. to Eustace's last name. And so he came up with this theory that Eustace was so strapped for cash mm. and had no inheritance that he became this poison salesman, sold poison to rich people, and started this whole thing. Hmm. I'm assuming he didn't start it, though, because someone else had the idea to yeah, use, I was use say, the I poison. I bet it was more like, okay, people are getting poisoned. I can make money off I can off make money this. off of this. I can help more people because do Because my it. mom didn't leave me any money. Yeah, so I'm going to go to crime Jeez. and trickery. But I do think that would be more likely. Yes. It's anyway. important to note also that Eustace was a, his profession, he was a valet. Hmm. Which, before you guys assume that he parked cars, a valet at the <laughs> time was... Uh, essentially the equivalent of like a lady's maid. Mm -hmm. He was the second, he was like the high ranking partner servant of whatever rich person he worked for. He's the one who personally. If you've ever seen Downton Abbey. Yes. The person who dresses the, the, um. Man of the house. Man of the house. Yeah. He's a valet. Yeah. So Eustace didn't park cars. He like dressed people and stuff. I don't know. Um, but that's how he was connect, stayed connected to rich people. This is why this theory like. Makes sense. I still have issues with it, like I do with all these theories, but this one does make sense. It does make sense. Um, so he stayed connected to the rich people. He sold them poison, and his uh, employer, like his legitimate employer, like he was the valet of the treasurer of Cardinal Mazarin, who I'm mm. assuming is Richelieu's predecessor, or su- su- successor. Which one comes successor. after? Successor. successor. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing great. She's like, was it called predecessors before? He comes after, after. Richelieu. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting to the treasurer. The treasurer of Cardinal Mazarin. I don't know. Um, evidence emerged 
though, that uh, Eustace died in pr- in prison. Saint Lazare. I that's not how it's pronounced, but I'm, <laughs> that's how I'm saying it. It was an asylum. This made me chuckle. It's an asylum run by monks where <laughs> rich people, rich families, imprisoned their black sheep children. Oh First of all, can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even sound like they needed reasons. It's just like you're. You're the one. You're, you're the, the bl- one. you're the black sheep of the family. Let's escort you to this little asylum cave prison where monks will take care of you. <laughs> I don't get it. Um he was there though. I guess he could arguably be the black sheep of his family. Maybe Jeez. his brother was like, You're too much. I'm yeah. moving you to this. Um he was held there at the same time that the masked prisoner was held in Pig Pignerol. That's not how you say it either. Mm-hmm. Pinero, hundreds it, of miles a, away in yeah, the south. A southern prison. So like if if records are showing this is one of the issues I have with it. I, I like his story. I think he sounds like an interesting candidate. But if he was held at the opposite end of the country, and it's on record that he was at the opposite end of the country, I have my doubts that it's him. But um uh the funniest part of his story was <laughs> was that he wrote a letter to his sister and he was whining about the prison conditions. He's like, I'm not happy here. This is sucks. I hate it. And then he wrote another letter to the king with the same complaints, but asking for an appeal. Like, hey, can I just get out of this? Yeah. Like, if I say I'm sorry or whatever. Um, the, the best the king... Okay, the, the king literally sent a letter back to the prison and was like, how about we not let him talk to anybody anymore? Because, uh, especially his sister. Uh, <laughs> especially his sister. Unless the head of the prison is like right next to you because this guy's too much. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so either this guy was super annoying and the king was like, I'm really sick of hearing from him. Yeah. So monitor his letter writing. Yeah. Or he was writing things that were bothering Louis so much that he was like, I don't want him writing this stuff. Right, to different people. Yeah. Like how many yeah. other people? Yeah, <laughs> See, I don't know. I, like I laughed really hard. I was like, "That's hilarious." He's like, "He's whiny. Don't let him write to me anymore." Or his sister, because he gets whinier. But then I thought about it, and I was like, "What if he's writing other kinds of things too?" Right. And the king is alarmed, and he like knows things because he was a valet. Yes, to a powerful person. Mm-hmm. He was a valet to a powerful person, which would then make sense. It would make him a very good candidate. Yeah. And maybe they just faked records because if the king, it's at the king's request. He definitely had that kind of power. Yeah. And authority. It's, it's not a terrible. It's not a terrible theory. It's not my least favorite by any means he also so again according to records that may or may not be faked um he died in the late 1680s from heavy Mm. drinking in his youth so all of his partying caught up to his body and it was like you're dead yeah um yeah so that is currently that's the one if you ask historians who was the man in the iron mask that's probably the theory they're going to spout out to you because Mm -hmm. that's the most recently discovered one and it's the most popular yeah I don't know. And it f- seems pretty realistic. It does. Just because of who he was, his connections, and mm-hmm. s- the fact that he was imprisoned around the same time, even though it wasn't technically in the same place. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm still kind of bought on the twin theory. I love it. I love the twin I love theory. Twi- okay, so my personal generalized theories are <laughs> either... Because I'm really bothered by the fact that he's not killed. Like, why Mm. didn't you kill him? Why? Also, this is a really expensive prisoner. If Mm. you are sending so much money to his jailer, like... To make him comfortable? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. to make it keep him alive and to make his jailer happy so he probably treats him right. Like, Mm. if you're putting that much trouble into it, either this guy is related to you and you don't have the heart to kill him. Yeah. Or 
this guy has valuable information, information and he's a spy or something and you want to continue getting information. I really want to read the letters between St. <laughs> Mars and his employer because I want to know what kind of things he reports back. Mm -hmm. Because he d never names him in the letters. He never names the prisoner because that was classified. But like, what kind of things? He was reporting so regularly on what? Right. The guy's still alive. He had bread today. Like, what else, What are you going to talk like about? why do you need that much information passed before, like in between? Yeah. yeah. If you were his jailer for 34 years, there, and you, you were paid so well. that he has, like, information-wise, or if you're not um, concerned about him because you're related to him, yeah. you wouldn't need that much correspondence. Yeah. You wouldn't really exactly. care. You, you just want them care. to stay alive for whatever reason. You but. maybe would check in occasionally mm -hmm. and be like, is he still kicking? Like, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I, I'm... So part of this romanticized version that I made up in my head, when I read the Eustace thing, that the Eustace thing is what made me think maybe he was a spy. Yeah. Maybe they kept him alive because he got so much information and he's almost threatening them too. Mm -hmm. Also though, again though, that voice in my head's like, they could have just killed him mm -hmm. if he's threatening them. But anyway, what if St. Mars was qualified to be his jailer, not just because he was a jailer by trade, but because he was like a kind of interrogator, like he was experienced mm -hmm. in interrogating prisoners and that's what he was reporting on. Or the interrogations. Oh, yeah. Like, the information he's getting from, like, I don't so know. So what year did he die? 1703. 1703. Allegedly. Again, Allegedly. records are really hard to track back then. Yeah. Really hard. That's what. That's why this historian was able to be like, it's probably Eustace, but his name's not written correctly. They're like, I don't know. It could be him, but they forgot a D and they didn't name anything else. Um, also, the only name written for the prisoner was, like, Marcioli. Oh, I didn't. I forgot to say that that is what prompted the Italian guy's theory because oh. Mattioli is very similar to Marcioli. They're like, oh, it's probably an Italian prisoner. Probably that guy that like ratted out that whole deal about the castle. Mm -hmm. That tracks. No, nah, he's just crazy. No, he's just I don't, crazy. <laughs> I don't think it's him. I think it's either Eustace or a relative. That's fair. I would believe that only, be, only for the reason that he wasn't killed. Yeah. Because I feel like back then there was no problem with just Killing people. Killing people. It's not if, like they were against a capital punishment. Or, like, if they're a threat or if you think that they're against you in any sort of fashion. So Exactly. That's why I think it's interesting. Even if they're an aristocrat, they mm -hmm. would make that, like, more public. I get frustrated with the concept of him being masked as well. Like, first, my first issue is, why didn't you kill him? Obviously, we've gone over that. My second issue is, okay, if you're not going to kill him and keep him alive, fine. What about his face? Do you not want someone to see? Mm -hmm. It's not like he got out and moved around. Right. Honestly, he probably wasn't masked in the actual cell himself because it was like he was in isolation. Like right. he was not paired That's up. That's what I was them. thinking. I was like, why? He probably was only masked if he was taken to different places. Yeah. Which means this is why I'm like, maybe it's not Eustace. Mm -hmm. Because how recognizable in the public of France, it, like throughout the streets of Paris, how recognizable would Eustace really be? Mm -hmm. Now, a royal family member might be more recognizable. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't have, like, tabloids back then, but I still, right. I feel like people would be They would familiar. be in the public eye. So, yeah. like, if he was arrested or taken into prison in his teen years or early 20s, at that point, your face doesn't change as much as you yeah. age a little bit, but not as much. Not so as much. Yeah. You would be in public events. You would be at, you know, mm -hmm. um, you'd be a part of the, what it's what's it called? Um, hmm. That thing that... Um, you know, it's talked about in the show Rain. That's what where Mary Queen of Scots and what's his name met at. Oh, court. I know what you're talking about. Court or whatever. Court. I don't know. But courts. 
that type of thing too where you raise your children a certain way and mm -hmm. you know like you meet with different royal families mm -hmm. like you're you're gonna be known by the aristocrat class as well as the upper royalty so well and if you're i could see that being the case if you're high enough up in the royal family too you're probably going to occasionally be among the people doing mm -hmm. stuff but i i don't know see the the relative that either it being louis jr or a twin mm -hmm. that makes sense to both reasons like mm -hmm. both why he's masked and why he wasn't immediately killed eustace really only answers why wasn't he killed and it's like it's because he was a spy yeah mm -hmm. but I don't feel like Eustace needed to be masked unless he was so loud about everything that everyone did start to recognize him. Mm -hmm. But it didn't sound like that was a thing he did. It sounded like he partied with rough crowds and then sold poison and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I would know. definitely probably buy the relative. Yeah. Um, over the spy because at some point the spy is only gonna have so much information because they're in isolation it's true 34 years of information yeah. doesn't sound like sustainable like and i feel like it's if not you you yourself kill them because you're the one containing him you think you'd have a, like an exact end date of death i have a theory now oh. i have a new theory as to why okay if he was a spy and they kept him alive for 34 years before he naturally died i would believe based on how greedy saint mars was that he just kept telling his superiors, but he has more information, I'll get more tomorrow. And yeah. so he could keep getting paid. Yeah. Because once that guy dies, his employment runs out. Yeah, that's true, that's a good point. Yeah, so I, if I were St. Saint Mars and already like mm -hmm. milking in the whole, like all the funds that are supposed to be for, if I'm keeping all of that for mm -hmm. myself, I would definitely not want my but cash cow to be I would be say that would expired. be more likely for, to continue for a relative because it's really the, he only wants to know like how he's doing. Mm -hmm. You can make that up so much, so much easier than yeah. fake information. That's true. You know? So like if there is an alleged death date at some point, maybe he's just stuffing his pockets for finances so he can retire or like whatever that looked like That's back what then, I do. I just you know, and they'd be like, Oh, he died today or you yeah. know what I mean? So I feel like that makes a lot of sense. What if he killed him? What if St. Mars was getting so old that he's like, I've got enough money. You're done. <laughs> Bye. Oh no! Sorry, King Louis, dad. <laughs> I'm gonna go to today take was a, the day. I'm gonna take a nap now. <laughs> yeah, that could also. Be oh, I don't know. There's but I think I, that makes the most sense. I just have so many questions, and I, I realize that records. I think even records that weren't secret weren't well kept back then, mm -hmm. which is why we have so little information about this guy. I feel like. <sighs> And again, this kind of discourages my liking of the Eustace theory. I feel like if it weren't a royal family member, they would write his name down somewhere. I feel like they would. Like, too. even if yeah. it was in secret files, like we would have found something mm -hmm. that was like, yeah, his name was this. I, again, again, I know records were not well kept back then, even when they weren't secretive. But like, if it were me imprisoning, <laughs> If I were Louis the Fourteenth, <laughs> I would be a little bit more willing to have Eustace's name written down somewhere than I would if it was my brother or kid. Right. Because otherwise, why would you want to conceal his identity? Yeah. Again, like, how important is this this valet that mm -hmm. stole stuff? So important that you didn't kill him and that you also did not write his name anywhere. You gave him a false name right. when you when you recorded his information. Maybe a false age mm -hmm. when you recorded his information. Right. What makes Eustace so special? Like right. I don't 
I don't know. That's why I'm skeptical. No, I agree. And skeptical that's why like, I think it's realistic, mm -hmm. but the only piece that doesn't fit is the secrecy part and the mask yeah. part of like, why was it such a big deal um, to keep him secretive from the mm -hmm. rest of the public and the rest of the prisoners where he was kept? Like that's the piece that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But that's I feel like it's more likely to be some sort of relative of some sort. That's why I, okay. I won't dive into this because this is a, a forthcoming project, but the Eustace theory is the one that I took and ran with. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. It's my dog. Hello, Charlie. <laughs> you probably see the dog passing by. Episode is guest starring Charlie Runyon. <laughs> um, what was I saying? <laughs> a Charlie future Ryan. project. Future project. Okay, so the Eustace theory is the one that I took and ran with. Mm -hmm. Mostly because Dumas already covered the other theory adequately, and I didn't want to compete with that. Um, so in my version, the Eustace one makes the most sense if I have the creative liberty to fill in whatever I want, and right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I am and the I writer, did, and so. I'm like, yep, I have. I'm not going to tell you the full thing, but that, yeah, I I like the spy idea. I have a ridiculous explanation for why they didn't kill him, <laughs> and it's not the spy idea. It's magic or something. I don't know. It's magic. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, again, I, I think the Eustace one is up there in my favorites. The relative is my actual favorite. So, yeah. Okay. I would have to agree Any with you. Any final personally. thoughts? That's your, that's your that's theory, That's my final too? theory. Yeah. It's decided. We've solved this. We've solved it. It's that's fine. a relative. <laughs> Historians are wrong. <laughs> What's new? Anyway. What's new? I'm, I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. Historians are important. Historians are important. Yeah. Anyway. We must, we must treasure them, right, Caitlin? <laughs> She's like, yes. Um, anyway. I mean, yeah, to a point. We know that history is written by the winners, so there's obviously one side of the story most of the time. going to be anyway. biased. Yeah. It is. It definitely is. Anyway. Well, that's it. That's the man in, in, the, in the velvet mask. <laughs> Not the iron, but the yeah. velvet. I love it. That sounds more bearable to me than the iron. The iron gives me anxiety. Mm -hmm. Especially when you watch the movie and he's like... It's, it looks so Le heavy. Leo had to be masked for like a good amount of the... Film. Well, at least for like the first 15 minutes he's in and then maybe like a little bit at the end. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it... Oh, when I like see them put the mask back on, I'm like, no! <laughs> Claustrophobia! <laughs> Yeah, it's heart wrenching. But if it's like a velvet mask they just put over his head, I'm like, oh, that's fine. You're fine. You're you, fine. You can breathe. Yeah, it's not as heavy. You I'm not worried. About it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably worried. soft. It's probably soft. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, you're good. Um, anyway, yeah. So <laughs> if you liked this episode, please leave us a review wherever you can. Tell your friends about it. Listen to it all the time, over and over again. <laughs> um, all the things. Yeah. Subscribe. So you can be notified when you have when we have more episodes up. Whenever we do mm -hmm. have episodes up, <laughs> we try to be consistent. But life happens life as it happens, happens, you know. Yes, it does. Um, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at let's double let's double <laughs> <laughs> let's dabble podcast um, and all that jazz. Send us any dabbling suggestions of your own too. We really like uh, going down rabbit holes. We really do. Clearly, that, as you hear in every single episode, there's something that we go down. There's something. And then every rabbit hole leads to another rabbit mm -hmm. hole. As you've seen with today, I was investigating <laughs> the man in the Iron Mask. And then I ended up also investigating the Scarlet Pimpernel and the Medici family for some reason. Yep. I, it, it's extensive. It's extensive. If you have suggestions, so please share them because like, we'd like any, any ideas that you've got. I mean, I've got plenty, but we, we like yours, too. Um, so anyway, this has been Renee. And this is Caitlin. And thanks, thanks for, for dabbling, dabbling with, with us. us.